listening to the Zenial Dadcast. All right, everybody, welcome to the show. This is Mo. On today's episode, we're going to be reviewing Chris Rock's new stand-up special, Selective Outrage. We're also going to look at Creed 3. I'm going to give you three-minute reviews for each, something new I'm trying out. We're also going to sit down and have a conversation with Tom Connolly. Tom Connolly is the bassist for our band to dig out pretty late. We're going to talk about musician goals and dig into why we have this thirst for independent music. Stay tuned. Sunday, and in Bolivia, it's Father's Day. So I'm having a really, really calm day here with my son, just hanging out at home, and we'll probably go out for for lunch later today. But I did want to sit down and talk to you a little bit about Chris Rock's new stand-up special, because that's been on my mind, and Creed 3. Creed 3 because I've always been a Rocky fan. So uh, I watched Chris Rock's new special, and I watched it for the same reason that everybody else on the planet did. We all wanted to see what he says about Will Smith and the slap. But by now, it's been out for like two weeks, right? By now, I think everyone's spoken about it. There's tons of content online. So I'm not even, this really isn't even about that. He, He said exactly what I hoped he would say. And he did exactly what I hoped he would do. He really honed in what he wanted to say. He didn't want to mince words. And he left it for the end of the special. Because he didn't want it to overshadow everything else that came before it. Because imagine a world where the slap didn't happen. Had the slap not happened, Chris Rock would still have a really, really great set. He spoke a lot about his family. He speaks a lot about where he is now in his life as a 50-something-year-old father. And that's what I want to talk about right now. Because what struck me about his special was that, especially with stand-ups, because they come from humble beginnings, because they don't, they're very much self, uh, self-made self millionaires, especially at the level that Chris Rock is, you, you do sometimes expect them to fall out of favor because they become less relatable, you know? They, they are definitely less relatable than they were when they were hungry and they were scrapping for it. Chris Rock managed to do this hat trick where he was able to speak about his very affluent family, but have it be relatable and have me feel as a father like, yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. And I want to talk about one specific anecdotal thing or a piece of his set that he speaks about. So spoiler alert, if you were waiting to see the special yourself. But this is something that isn't being spoken about in any any of the content outside of um, actually watching the the uh, the special. Specifically, he talks about being a successful comedi- comedian, having spoiled children who make mistakes. He goes into detail as, as to one of the mistakes that his daughter made in the past. Uh, what really struck me is his his pride, his his pride in knowing that he represents this massive jump 
in, in progress within his own family. And the way he illustrates this is by telling us that his daughter, Lola, is now studying to be a chef in culinary school in Paris. And that on its own, as a father, you know, you're, you're, you, uh, you understand his pride. Uh, knowing, being a fan of Chris Rock, you, uh, I'm also extremely happy for him. And being a fan, I know, and being a father, I know that I want, I want to be able to provide the same stuff for my, for my son. But the way he goes on to illustrate the progress within his family and really the progress within our society is when he goes on to talk about his mother. And he says that when his mother was born, when she was a small child in the United States, black people could not go to the same dentist that white people would go to. There had to be a black dentist there to service black folk. And it's, you know, it's not a surprise. I'm an American. It's not a surprise to hear this. We know this part of our history and it's a very, very unfortunate dark part of our history. But you typically hear about, you know, white bathrooms, black bathrooms, white water fountains, black water fountains. And those things, even though there's segregation, uh, they're still equally accessible. But in Chris Rock's illustration, a black dentist isn't always accessible. And if you didn't have a black dentist that you could take your uh, black son or daughter, you couldn't then turn to a white dentist. You had to take him to the vet. And that's, ladies and gentlemen, one of the, one of the pieces of his stand-up special that really struck me. That his mother lived at a time when she had to go to a vet, an uh, animal vet, to get treated for something so simple as taking care of a toothache. To go from that, from that kind of segregation and that kind of injustice, to then fast forward, it's gotta be what, 50, 60 years? His mother is now able to fly every summer or every year, as he puts it, to Paris and just be with her granddaughter. And that kind of illustration, I, it just really took me aback and it helped me understand a little bit about how far we've evolved. We still got plenty of problems to deal with regarding racial injustice, but it, you, it's, it's easy to forget just how bad it was when we had segregation and we had that kind of, that kind of racism that was established in our society uh, almost as an institution. And so I wanted to I wanted to just say that that's the impact that that special had on me. I really I really loved hearing him talk about it. When you get to the end of it and he talks about the slap and all that stuff, you understand the anger behind that. You absolutely do. Because before it, he had all of this amazing stuff to share with us. And he does it in his trademark humor and it's it's really really great, really funny. So if you haven't seen it, I don't know what you're waiting for, uh, but you should definitely check it out. Uh, but I did want to say kudos to Chris Rock for handling the way he did and for having being one of the few comedians out there who's really who really says something with their with their platform. They really do speak with a message. And not all comedians have to speak with a message, but I feel like we need more people like that. You know, I don't I don't have he's 50 something, so he's my senior. I don't have a grandfather, I don't have a father. And so there are people like me 
who really appreciate that kind of voice uh, in the world. Sort of hand in hand with that, I also went to see Creed 3. And Creed 3 really also made an impression on me because, again, lifelong Rocky fan. And when I went into it, you know, you always go in there expecting to be entertained. I knew I was going to be entertained. Uh, I was really impressed by Creed 1 and Creed 2. And what I realized is Creed 1 Creed 2, a big part of the reason why I enjoyed them is because they're still very much tied to the original Rocky franchise in its DNA. So Creed 3, when it gets announced, you know, there's all this hoopla around Stallone not being involved. And I'm sure that there's a specific reason why. But it makes sense when you watch the movie, it makes sense that he wouldn't be in there. Because at this point in Adonis's boxing career, there's nothing left for Rocky to really contribute. And Rocky being a cancer survivor and being an old man, he doesn't need to be around Adonis. So I do wonder what they could have done with Rocky. It's just not necessary. And it gives an opportunity to Adonis to be center stage and give us an Adonis Creed movie instead of Rocky 8 or 9, whatever number in the series it would be. I think the character that Michael B. Jordan has put together really deserves to be the center of its own film. And I think that they did a great job. I mean, I, I didn't mention this, but I think everyone knows Michael B. Jordan directed this film. This is his first film, uh, his directorial debut. And I, did a, I think he did a great job. I think he did an amazing job at making sure that the film told the story the way it needed to tell the story so that it was fresh. And, I mean, the visuals, if you're able to watch this in, in, in the big theater, I mean, it just looks like an amazing movie. At the heart of the movie is Adonis as a father, coming to terms with mistakes he's made in the past that rather than dealing with, he is just buried away. And that mistake is personified with uh, Jonathan Major's character, who comes back as this old friend who has just been released from prison. And he becomes this aggressive sort of kind of Mike Tyson, the way he fights. I think, you know, if I had to guess, the style of fighting that he does was really um, inspired. It had to have been inspired by early Mike Tyson matches. You go into that last boxing match at the end of the movie and you know who's going to win. You know what's going to happen. Like, there's not much surprise. But what was really interesting about the film is that you go into that match and you have these two performers, Adonis uh, and his, uh, oh man, I'm blanking on his name, Jonathan Major's character, Damien. And Adonis and Damien desperately want to be friends. They have so much, so much in common and so much history that binds them. But there's just this massive chip on both of their shoulders by the end of this film. And there's that chip, you, you see that intensity, that kind of uh, rage they both have. It's a necessity to get out. And because they've both become boxers at the highest level of the game, this is the only way for them to be able to sort this out. And by the end of the movie, they do. I really enjoyed the movie. Uh, at the core of it is Adonis being a father. He has a young daughter, a daughter who's deaf and who is also grappling with her own frustrations. She sees her father as his, ma as his giant warrior uh, and he wants, he, she wants to be strong like him. And I think that's something that we can all connect to as fathers. We can all definitely see ourselves 
in Adonis Creed, wanting to protect his family, wanting to teach his child to defend themselves, and wanting to desperately come to terms with their past mistakes. So Creed 3 definitely delivers on the heart. And the heart is really, I mean, that's really what has made the whole Rocky franchise what it is. The fact that there's so much heart in every one of those films, uh, I think it's why they resonate with audiences. I think it's a worthy watch. So check it out. Let us know what you think in the comments. We're going to sidestep to our guest on this episode, Tom Connolly from our band to dig out pretty late hailing from Boston, Massachusetts. This is a band that has stretched a few years, but had only recently released its first full length album in, I believe 2020. So let's dive right into the conversation. All right, Tom, thanks. Thanks for joining me. I really appreciate you making the time to do this. This is, this is really cool. Pretty late is a pretty cool band name. And so right off the bat, how, how does that come to be the name of the band? Thank you. Yeah, it's a little yeah. different than when I first heard it. I thought, you know, that's kind of cool because that's a little different. It came mm-hmm. from, so we have two mics in the band, one of whom is the drummer. We call him Mike Mike. And then there's another guy, <laughs> just Mike. So it came from him originally, I think. It was like a long time ago, way before I was part of it. The, the band kind of started around the year 2013 with, three of the guys in the band i wasn't around then and christine wasn't around then and mm-hmm. so it started back then and they were just from that they were running late it was like the first time they played a show together as this band and they were running late for it and they didn't have a band name you know it was a little disorganized <laughs> kind of like you know when you're just like you know you get they're playing <laughs> yeah. shows and stuff and you're like 20 or 21 and it's just kind of like you know sloppy i don't know what you know you might be partying a lot or whatever yeah. it's, it's just having fun and stuff so that's how it happened yeah time is just a suggestion when you're they're just 20- running late to the show <laughs> with no name and yeah. just kind of came up with that and then it sort of stuck i guess you know i know that uh on the show we're gonna listen to wonder woman and guardrail cool yeah. and i really like wonder woman and it's got a really cool vibe to it uh guardrail really strikes me because it sounds it sounds like something out of like that mid to late nineties era where you had Sarah McLaughlin or maybe Cheryl Crow, that kind of sultry voice, mm. mellow alternative rock, right? Maybe post grunge. Is that a, is that a, a big influence in the band? Somewhat. Yeah, I would, I would say so. Yeah. One thing about our band is we, between all the different members have a really wide variety of influences, <laughs> a, a pretty big one. But I, I would say that's definitely at play somewhat. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Christine could definitely, the, the singer could definitely speak more to her personal influences on that. I don't really know a lot about it, but those artists you just described were people that were popular, you know, throughout our yeah. whole lives growing up. So surely I think, yes, you know. Like what I was ta- telling you, uh, telling you earlier is that I did, like, I did feel like I was stuck and I was only listening to the stuff that I grew up with. So a lot of the stuff that I would just listen to is from the 90s. Uh, 90s, early 2000s. Yeah, right? I do the same exact thing. I've often tried to, like, break out and find new stuff, too. And sometimes it's like, I don't even know where to start, you know? It's such a sad... So that's like the double-edged sword. It's like, on one hand, you as a musician can do your art, put it out, let it be in whatever shape, form you want it to be. 
and it'll exist and people can listen to it for free. They can access it through uh, various different channels. Some of it monetizable, like they are, the possibilities are endless. On the other hand, it's such a saturated market because it's so easy to do now. Technology has facilitated. I think it's cool what you're telling me about all the different things that are happening to the band right now. You mentioned that the band sort of started in 2013. So it's been around for around, the band's been kicking around for 10 years. I think there was a decently long period in the middle where they didn't really do anything as the band. Okay. Though. Um, <laughs> maybe like roughly from like 2016 to 19 or maybe 2015 to 19. Again, that's something that Mike or Rob or Mike Mike would be able to tell you better. Mike is, he plays the guitar. He's the male vocalist heard singing on some of the other tracks in the record. Rob plays a lot of the lead guitar solos. He's very, I, as somebody who I play bass in this band, but I also play guitar a lot and I have for a long time. And Rob, I, I love his lead style is very melodic, as I'm sure you've noticed. And it's kind of cool. So, so I guess, uh, does that mean that the name of the EP, Better Late Than Never, is that is that sort of uh, alluding to the fact that the band's been kicking around for so long? I may, maybe so, yeah, I think so. <laughs> the, the, the name was Mike's idea, and like I I think that probably has something to do with it. <laughs> you know? I think all of us can just feel, you know, we're all, you know, relatively young working people, yeah. and it's like, I f just feel like, sometimes it feels like everything's late a little bit, you know? Just think, nah, what the yeah. hell's going on? <laughs> you know what I mean? I hear you, bro. I told you I'm a bassist as well, and I know what it's like to join a band and to kind of just have to fill in the gap. Mm -hmm. What was that experience like for you, just coming into something that was already somewhat formed? Yeah, yeah, that's basically what it was. The Basically, the whole first album was that, you know, everything, the 10 tracks you've heard there. And we also mm -hmm. have some new material we've written, too, that's not recorded yet that's got a little bit different style it's more evolved from like a lot of those songs you hear on the record were actually written in that earlier period of the band that we talked about mm -hmm. probably half to three quarters of them at least so that wow, okay so that was like those songs were written a lot in their skeleton you know some of them in their like skeleton form and then when they were brought back up several years later with a full a five person band now that included another vocalist and a bass player this is what came out of that was Christine and me kind of like wrote our own parts to these songs, but the songs, yeah, yeah. the chord structure, the, and the progressions and stuff kind of, and some of the melodies already existed, you know? So it was kind of a team effort in that way. For me personally, as the bass player, I have a lot of fun with that. I love yeah. writing original music, but I also personally, a dream of mine has always been to be like a session player, like a musician for hire. Cause like, you know, if you just cool. give me like, like some chord charts or some sheet music, like I learned to read, bass clef in high school so i can read music for bass and awesome. uh that's always just been a job i would love to do for a while just to get paid to play other people's music and just hand it to you you know here it is learn it go play it record it or do whatever and collect a paycheck from it that would be dope dude i would love that <laughs> you know that's just me personally though right on man well i know that uh so i was i was thinking around on, on the facebook and i saw the announcement for a music video so you have a music video coming out soon for guardrail yeah we do yeah it's it's in its late stages of you know production and everything and it's it's going to be out soon i don't have the exact date off the top of my head but we're talking probably you know a matter of weeks maybe a month ish not not too long that's awesome man and that's always exciting 
it yeah. is we had we had fun with it it's going to be we're pretty excited for it. you know it's the first one any i think any of us have ever made for any of our songs so that's cool it's such a it's such an endeavor and it's such an investment not just monetarily but it's also like the energy you put in to just come up with whatever the idea is for the music video and whoever you're going to use to help you film it and then edit it and put it out and then figure out how you're going to promote it one of like that's probably one of my biggest regrets is that i was in so many bands and we just uh we never really i, I just, we we just weren't any like marketing savvy or anything so we just never paid attention to printing too many t-shirts or doing any music videos uh, and now you know 10 years removed i just wish i had that stuff that i could look at just like you know uh, i have a couple of videos like from some live shows and uh, i have some stuff on spotify but you always like want to have that stuff that you can show your grandkids if anything else right just mm. cool to have uh so congratulations on that thanks um, so then what's next man I, you said there's some new music coming out yeah more like that the bigger priority now is honing our our live skills and playing shows you know we put that album we're definitely working on writing new stuff also you know learning covers you know becoming not just an original artist but you know striving to become also a functional working band you mm -hmm. know that can go do our art and our music in some environments but could also if we want to make some money we could get hired to go play at you know a bar on friday night and just play all the covers and shit that people want to hear you know like nice. us that kind of band to kind of have the uh, capacity to do both of those things mm -hmm. and it's definitely a process of like learning and, and covers and stuff it's something like i've done a lot of that in my past with everybody else too it's just i've uh, been a lot of learning and it's, it's kind of cool but you know we're still working our way towards that for sure we're uh kind of like i said a lot of this stuff was pre-written so the five of mm -hmm. us now are even though we already have a full-length album out are yeah. now in a phase of kind of uh like understanding and finding the groove of working with each other in a new way now that it's come you know building completely new material from the ground up you know and i think it's it's been kind of cool for that reason i you know i i totally relate to that because that really it's a second endeavor whatever that second ep where you really find your groove as a band and you start writing together more than anything else so that's exciting man cool so let's dive into our first track of the episode uh this song is called wonder woman by pretty late from their ep better late than never
listen, I want to thank you for making this time. I want to thank you for getting on the horn for me uh, and, and doing this. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, we're happy to yeah. do it. Well, you're another, you know, a local musician and artist who's also running a podcast. I feel like if we all take a little time to participate in each other's stuff work, you know, whether it's going to a show or on a podcast, like that shit is like good for the local scene of people, you know? And yeah. Hell, you know, going on, doing stuff like this is something that yeah. I think is good, you know? Well, you know, you, you nailed it on the head because that's kind of what, motivated motivated me to, to do this kind of stuff like i, I have a, a spotify playlist that i add bands to and that i listen to like i li that's you know I, I put it for the show but it's just the playlist that i listen to when i'm uh, jogging or whatever so it really is about making sure that you are i don't know i guess exposing yourself to new things as, as frequently as possible new ideas new songs new art uh somehow and we all get used to like if you, if you don't take that kind of, if you don't make that effort to look for something new, whether it's a new book or whether it's a new course or whether it's new music, uh, you just end up consuming whatever gets put in front of you, right? Whatever the algorithm says you should consume and we all become robots. Uh, there's so much good music out there. And there's also so much mind garbage floating around on the internet too, like you said. You're, you're right. That's that's kind of a good point to bring up. It's like if you don't find things to engage yourself with, there are predatory forces seeking to have you engage with their stuff so they can try to rip you off. It's the machine, man. God damn it. What the, what the fuck? <laughs> Guys, come on. <laughs> like you, you type hamburger and all of a sudden there's tons of ads about hamburgers. Could I ask you a question too, by sure. the way? Mm -hmm. I want to know what what tools have you found for helping you break out of your pattern of listening to the same music and, and breaking into new music that you that you really liked instead of just like kind of shooting in the dark and like grabbing at some artist you've never heard? Is there like a good path to find stuff you really enjoyed? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't wanna I don't wanna plug Spotify too hard here, but they do do a decent job of since since now i'm i go out and I, i'm looking for pretty late or other bands that i've had on the show and i've featured on the playlist i do get some decent recommendations from the algorithm the thing is though i mean it works the way it works for a reason it's it's looking at who's listening to what the most and it's putting those at the top of the list i think i guess the answer is there, there really is no good tool to help you you just got to do the legwork and i'm in that space where i want to listen to original new music that isn't you know uh in in the top 100 and isn't being pushed by a machine something that's being made you know like handmade music you know yes that's what's up i love that and i think that there's an audience for it that's why i made the podcast like i think there's people out there and if you look uh, if you look for podcasts you will see a couple that are dedicated to just featuring independent artists so there's there's definitely an audience there for people that want to listen to that kind of stuff they just don't know where to get it and if you just went ahead and did a google search it's like it's gonna get lost but what i did and the only thing that i could recommend you do is uh especially if you go out and you you play new venues time after time you see a venue that you really like a good space or whatever check out their website every couple of months and see what bands have been playing recently you know okay. and just check them out like just you know throw it against the wall and see if you like it uh and that's how i found pretty late I, I like, uh, I think it was Middle East. You guys had a show at some point recently. We did, yeah. That was just a, uh, maybe a month or two ago. That's pretty cool that that's how you found us. And so I like I like the Middle East. I've played the Middle East a couple of times. And so 
I went to the website and I just looked up a couple of bands. There is a lot of garbage out there. It's not all great, <laughs> but but there are really good bands that just need to be listened to. And uh, not for nothing, you guys are on Spotify. You guys have quality tracks. And so absolutely, like, why shouldn't people discover this music? Well, honestly, I'm honored to hear you say that. Thank yeah. you very much. We And uh, the, the rest of the band members are going to appreciate that very much, too. Right on, man. I'd love for you to get to meet them sometime too. I don't know, you know, obviously it's hard to get six people on one podcast, but like they'd love to meet you too. They're they're all pretty cool, pretty cool people, you know. Well, listen, uh, you know, when when I'm in Boston, I'll definitely come out to a show and we'll, we'll have a beer. Cool. All right, Tom, I'm gonna let you go. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks. It was very nice to meet you. Likewise. Take it easy, boss. You too. See you later. I gotta say, he was a really cool guy to get to know. Uh, I really enjoyed the music. And I want to thank you all for listening. You know, I'm thinking about it and I'm going, well, if you are, if you're like Tom and you want to discover new music, in addition to what I said in the conversation, go to the venue, check out the music, go to the shows, all that jazz. This is the podcast for you. If you're one of those people like me, like Tom, who is hungry to discover new music, music that isn't being pumped out by a machine, uh, music that is still being made by bands, local bands, bar bands, what have you, independent artists. This is the podcast for you. This is something that has really been fulfilling for me to do. And I see those listeners, I see those numbers in my analytics, and I know there's an audience out there for it. So I want to thank you. I want to thank you for tuning in. Uh, and we're going to close out the show by listening to one of those artists pretty late from their record better late than never which i just checked they released in 2022 so just last year this song is called guardrails i hope you enjoy it take care everyone stay safe stay healthy peace you are melody a simple note written in between the lines are paved upon the streets i tend to swerve when i grab the wheel because i feel Towards the closest post that's near And my feet are still Got speed into a guardrail
Here's a quick reminder. Check out the show notes. Find and click the link to our Spotify Bands to Dig Out playlist. Please enjoy responsibly. Lastly, head on over to www.zenialdadcast.com to hear all past episodes and learn more.